Welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 703 of WaveScan for release on Sunday, August 14th, 2022. On WaveScan today... AIR Kurshong celebrates 60 years. We'll have more from the National Association of Shortwave Broadcasters meeting in Washington and our Philippine DX report. In our station profile in WaveScan today, we honor the long and interesting story about the shortwave, medium wave, and FM radio scene in Kurshong in India. We express gratitude to the noted international radio monitor, Alakesh Gupta, VU3BSE in New Delhi, India, who researched and wrote the original article that is found in the July 2022 issue of the colorful and very readable monthly radio magazine, Asian DX Review. Here now is Ray Robinson to read it for us. Thanks, Jeff. The regional city of Kursyong is a picturesque hill town in the Darjeeling district of the Indian state of West Bengal. It's in the foothills of the Himalaya, due north of Calcutta and the Bay of Bengal. In earlier times, Kursyong was a part of the separate mountain kingdom of Sikkim, and it was taken over by the British as a summer hill station during the colonial era. The name Kursyong is derived from a word in the regional Lepcha language that means white orchid. Located at an altitude of nearly 5,000 feet, Kursyong is about 25 miles from the town of Darjeeling and it enjoys a pleasant climate throughout the year. The scenic beauty of Kursyong, together with its surrounding tea gardens and the nearby Kanchenjunga Mountains, attracts lovers of nature from afar to come visit this pleasant locality. Kursyong's just 20 miles north of Siliguri, with which it's connected by both rail and road, and the nearest airport is less than 10 miles further distant at Bagdogra. The Kursyong station of All India Radio is located at an altitude of 4,800 feet, and it was inaugurated by the then Minister of Information and Broadcasting, Mr B. Gopala Reddy, in June 1962. Since then, AIR Kursyong has taken programming relays from other AIR radio broadcasting stations and it also fosters the development of local talent in order to preserve the rich cultural values and traditions of the region. The total area of the AIR properties in Kursyong for studios, transmitters and staff housing is approximately 8 acres. The studio building contains six recording and on-air studios, together with an AIR monitoring studio for the integration of programming from other AIR stations into the on-air scheduling from the Kursyong station. The transmitter site is located on Pankabari Road, about one mile from the studios. The main coverage area for the Kursyong radio station is the Darjeeling district, though the programming is readily heard not only in nearby areas of India, including Sikkim, but also in Bangladesh, Bhutan and Tibet. 
They're on the air in six languages, including Hindi and English, together with four regional languages. The first shortwave transmitter at AIR Kersiong was a temporary 2 kilowatt unit that was taken into service on June 2, 1962, just 60 years ago. Initial programming was relayed off-air from Delhi and Calcutta, as was available on shortwave from Calcutta, some 300 miles distant. Six months later, in January 1963, a new 20-kilowatt shortwave transmitter was installed at Kersiong, with this new unit replacing the earlier 2-kilowatt unit. The new and larger transmitter was an American-made Gates HF-20BX, which was originally intended for installation at Trivandrum in Kerala, South India. However, due to border tensions to the north, it was quickly diverted for installation at Kersiong, where there was no radio broadcasting station at the time. 32 years later, in 1999, the now old American-made 20-kilowatt transmitter was replaced by a 50-kilowatt Indian-made unit from BEL in Bangalore, model HHB144. But after only 10 years of service, this transmitter began malfunctioning and needed to be replaced. Finally, after many temporary repairs, the BEL transmitter was officially decommissioned just three years ago, on August 7th, 2019. An FM transmitter was installed as a replacement for the shortwave transmitter, though coverage in the Nepali language was considerably reduced as a result. During the past three years, many government officials and experienced radio personnel have lobbied for the reintroduction of a more powerful radio signal from Kersiong, though thus far without success. It should also be stated that there was a medium-wave transmitter on the air in Kersiong for a period of some 19 years. This unit, with 1 kilowatt on 1440 kilohertz, was inaugurated on August 20th, 1998, and it carried the same programming as was heard on shortwave. In 2017, a 10 kilowatt FM transmitter replaced the medium-wave unit, and currently there are just two AIR FM transmitters on the air in Kersiong, 103.5 MHz with 10 kilowatts and 102.3 MHz with 5 kilowatts, apparently with alternative programming. Our station profile in WaveScan today on the long and interesting story about the shortwave, mediumwave and FM radio scene in Kersiong in India is adapted from a similar article that's found in the July 2022 issue of the colourful and very readable monthly radio magazine Asian DX Review. The original article was researched and written by the noted international radio monitor Alakesh Gupta, VU3BSE, in New Delhi, India. Back to you, Jeff. Thank you, Ray. That was Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. Last week, we played part two of a conversation we had with Jerry Plummer of WWCR and Glenn Tapley of WEWN at the recent meeting of the National Association of Shortwave Broadcasters, NASB, which took place at Radio Free Asia in Washington, D.C. Today on Wayscan, we continue our review of the recent meeting with Jerry and Glenn. Uh, we talked uh, on our last uh, segment about some of the talks that uh, took place here at the NESB meeting. Mm -hmm. But after we recorded that, there were some more interesting uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, presentations. Uh, one of them that I particularly remember, the, the, the last one on our agenda uh, for Friday, was um, 
Steve Herman from mm-hmm. Voice of America. It was kind yeah. of interesting, right? Yeah, that was very interesting. He's, uh, gosh, he's apparently traveled on Air Force One and two 30, 40 times. And uh, I asked him if he'd ever seen or met uh, Vladimir Putin, and he said, I've been around him several times, you know. He said he was with the uh, at the famous meeting with uh, Trump and Putin yeah. in, in, Hels- yeah. I think yeah. in Helsinki. Yeah, in Helsinki, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's a uh, avid uh, uh, ham too. He's a transceiver guy, and he showed us a lot of as he was growing up in in uh, uh, Las Vegas. I mean, at a very early age, he got interested into shortwave and uh, passed his license. And he showed us several licenses that he. For, for broadcasting that he acquired across many countries. He says as a teenager in Ohio, he um, he listened to VOA, yeah. and he heard a, heard them doing a contest of some sort, and he sent his entry in for the contest and received a reply back saying that uh, uh, he wasn't eligible to enter because uh, he was a U.S. citizen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, and, we're not, and you're not supposed to broadcast to America, right? <laughs> so so that, that intrigued him, and... Uh, Eventually, he ended up working at VOA in, in various capacities. Uh, uh, I think as bureau chief in, in various places in Asia, yeah, um, yeah. and uh, covering the news, and then and then actually uh, ended up as the chief White House correspondent yeah, for a really. few years. Yeah, and you know it's kind of interesting too. I guess I didn't know, but I kind of think, well, you're the chief correspondent for your company with the White House. That's got to be like pretty nice. But the little office that they've got them. It was about half the size of this studio yeah, we're in here. Yeah, <laughs> it was. And apparently there's just not much space at the White House. So, I mean, uh, being a correspondent for the White House sometimes may not be that exciting because you're you're stuck in a little small place, and that's where you do your work, and that's, that's about it, you know. Uh, but he's been all over the world several times, uh, for sure. And he showed us this backpack he has to carry around, 50, 60 pounds of, yeah, uh, yeah. of recording equipment and so on. So it's not all just fun and games and being on TV or something. Apparently there's a lot of tough work that's involved in that kind of, that kind of field. Yeah. But that was a good talk he gave, I thought. It was, was yeah. pretty good. And we also were able to Zoom for the first time this time around. kind of makes sense with the pandemic. But we were able to talk to... Um, or Zoom to talk to one lady who had started this. Shortwaves um, uh, uh, for Freedom. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. Where she had had a, a fund me deal going up to generate income to broadcast uh, shortwave to Ukraine and to Russia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe she's doing some of that broadcasting through you. Some of it was from WRMI, uh, a lot of it was from um, uh, locations closer to Ukraine and Russia that they uh, didn't want to announce because right. of possible repercussions. Oh, yeah. So. There was two of them that broadcast apparently very close to Russia, but they did not want to be identified because they were afraid there'd be Russian uh, uh, trouble in, in the mm-hmm. sense of jamming or who knows what might be. Yeah. Uh, but Shoreway played a role, mm-hmm. uh, playing a role, I should say, in, uh, in this current... Oh, it's not a war, right? It's... Uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called. Special military Special operation. Special military operation, yes. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And, and many, many shortwave stations have uh, started or increased uh, transmissions uh, to that area. Yeah. Uh, a lot of new Ukrainian programming, uh, mm-hmm. Russian programming. Um, 
from all sorts of stations, even Radio Taiwan International. Yeah, I think. that's right. That's right. Uh, and there's still a lot of shortwave uh, receiver sets in both Ukraine and Russia. There's still a bunch of them there. Yeah. Uh, it's just really hard, as usual, for us to get a concise handle on who's listening uh, because it's hard to get mail back out of there. Yeah. And you can't really count on email from Russia either, you know, so... Uh, we know that these varied locations are booming into it, and we know it's getting listened to. Mm-hmm. But didn't you say you get some response? I yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we, in the beginning, particularly uh, got uh, email responses from different parts of uh, Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were still able to <laughs> send messages out and, and so on. Uh, and, and, and we do get occasional reports from Russia, too. Um, some of them uh, really appreciate the pro- it's the programming that they wanted us to run was uh, uh, Voice of America's Flashpoint Ukraine program yep. in English yep. and Radio Free Europe Radio Liberty's uh, Russian program mm-hmm. uh, called Radio Svoboda, and so the, the the Russians most of them appreciate the fact that it's on shortwave because RFERL is not transmitting on shortwave yeah, anymore right. in those languages. Right. But occasionally you get one that uh, doesn't like the programming. You get something and, like that. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You get some of them, but uh, they're listening anyway. So well, yeah, they're listening. Uh, but yeah. that's that proves at least there's some there's people listening. And, and and you know the thing about shortwave, we talked about it many years, is we don't have the ability to tell specifically and exactly what the market reach is, like you see in America for a lot of TV or FM and. But we know there's a lot out there listening, and we know that what we get back is just really the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Uh, and we know we we have received, uh, I say we, the shortwave in general, uh, has received a lot of attention in, in the world press lately since the uh, special military operation oh, yeah. began yeah, yeah. Uh, of uh, the importance of, uh, of shortwave in general. And, You've and, been on the uh, tube yourself a couple uh, of yeah, times. Yeah, I've been interviewed a few times. Uh, EWTN has done stories on it, right? That is correct, yes. Mm-hmm. You know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Was that going to be the beginning of your Hollywood career, possibly? <laughs> you think? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> but we did have um, uh, CBS... Right. Uh, and the local uh, uh, Miami CBS station came to Okeechobee to film uh, stories and um, also the Voice of America's Spanish service. Wow, uh, that's from, good. That's, yeah. that's interesting. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, there have been articles about shortwave and the, the uh, renewed importance of shortwave mm-hmm. uh, in Washington Post, New York Times, mm-hmm. The Hill, oh, yeah. Politico, uh, yeah. uh, The Telegraph of London. Good exposure, um, good yeah, exposure. Yeah. So, well, I know that um, Gerhard Straub, who retired from, from there last year, was playing a role in helping uh, get this set up this time around, and he was, he was regaling about shortwave is not dead and it still has value. And that's from a guy who ought to know he's been around the world setting up shortwave stations. He's he's still a firm believer in that. As as uh, uh, your girl that started that headed up the operation was Kate, too. Kate, 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 Kate yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. 
But that was a good uh, a Zoom presentation, too. And, you know, even though some startup things always happen, it, you know, once we got it connected, it worked out pretty good. <laughs> That's right. And we had another, uh, well, Skype presentation yesterday. Right, right, uh, right. From uh, Christopher Rumbaugh. Yeah, who's usually an attendee here. He's uh, uh, kind of the king of D uh, DRM, so to speak. And, DRM North America. Yeah, yeah. that's him, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but he did Skype rather than Zoom, I believe. Uh, and once we got it connected, it worked out pretty well, too. Mm -hmm. uh, he's out on the left coast, uh, Portland, I think, right? Yeah, Oregon. Yeah, mm -hmm. Oregon. Yeah. And wasn't able to make it, but we was able to patch through the, the Skype. And at least we got some, you know, got to see him again. He got to talk to everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, it was It was really a pleasure. I was telling Glenn just to be back with a lot of the members who we haven't seen each other in three or four years. I mean, we've talked, you know, we've emailed and, but it's really, it's really nice to get back together with uh, uh, a bunch of like minds like that and just kind of get together and go over things and get caught back up. It was a good meeting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think so. And, um, we, we had participation from, uh, Maybe not as many people as as usual, but uh, but it, the, I think the the quality of the presentations and so on was, was good, as yeah. good as as ever. Well, we had uh, uh, France was here, Belgium was here, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people so came we, from Europe. Yeah, so we had had some foreign uh, foreign representation, and and that was always good. Um, Jerome Irgoyen from yeah, TDF in France. From TDF, yeah, from. He didn't pronounce that Isodun, or how do you pronounce it? Isodun, yeah, is okay. the, the uh, big shortwave transmitter site uh, for uh, TDF. That was an old uh, Radio France, right? And, yeah, I think so. And they so. bought it from them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's, uh, it's probably a bigger facility than what we have in Okeechobee. It's a pretty good size uh, operation, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they have those nice rotatable seven yeah, million yeah, dollar yeah, antennas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they're and they're apparently keeping things busy. They're always seem to be booked. It's it's always nice to talk to him and And he talked about a thing they have uh, called uh, DRM cast. Yeah, what what was where what is that? It's it's they transmit in they they have the capability there, Lisa Dunn to transmit uh, in DRM, and, but if this DRM cast, the idea is that, for example, on ships at sea, for mm -hmm. they could pick up the DRM signal and then retransmit it on Wi-Fi, say, throughout the ship. Ah, okay, uh, okay. And uh, they were talking about using it in refugee situations also in mm -hmm. Africa and, and, and this sort of thing, so... Uh, That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, I think the quality of the presentations was equal to or possibly better than uh, a regular meeting. So we're, we we did okay. We didn't have as much attendance. We didn't expect as much attendance. Uh, flying is still sort of a touch-and-go situation. Uh, I think all three of us are going to learn that firsthand next month when we try to get from America to Bulgaria. That's right. Uh, the HFCC conference... Uh, in uh, Bulgaria, it takes place the last week of uh, August. August uh, yeah. You're going, Glenn, right? Yes, that's the plan. I've got uh, got my plane fare, and uh, yes, I, I, I certainly all, plan to be there. We're Turkish Air, I think, aren't we? I yeah. think. Are you doing Turkish Air? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We are too. You're, you're yeah, Turkish yeah. Air, I mm -hmm. believe. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, now you know, the last time I flew Turkish Air, they actually had a man at the back of the plane making sandwiches. <laughs> 
I don't. I got a feeling we're not going to see that this time. You know. No, he was. He just had a chef hat on, and wow. you go back and he'd, he'd make you one of four or five types of sandwiches. And I thought that's unique for an airline. Well, of course, you fly first class, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, I'm the guy in the back making the sandwiches. So that's how I travel. <laughs> that's how you was able to pay for the flight. <laughs> That was part three of a conversation with Jerry Plummer of WWCR and Glenn Tapley of WEWN about the 2022 annual meeting of the NESB in Washington, D.C. We'll have part four next week. Of course, that meeting took place at Radio Free Asia, and we have some more RFA frequencies for you in case you want to uh, send them a reception report. They always appreciate them and have... uh, very nice QSL cards that they issue. So let me give you the times and frequencies that they broadcast on in uh, Korean and Lao. In Korean, they're on the air daily from 10 to 1100 UTC on 1566 kilohertz medium wave. At 12 to 1300, they're on 9580 short wave. And 13 to 1400 UTC, 9900. At 1500 to 1700 UTC, they're on 1188 kilohertz medium wave and on three shortwave frequencies, 9910, 9990, and 1195 kilohertz. At 1700 to 1900 UTC on 1188 medium wave and 9990 and 1185 kilohertz shortwave. And finally, at 2100 to 2200 UTC, the Korean broadcast is on 9540, 11945, and 11985 kilohertz. Then in Lao, uh, in the Lao language, midnight 0100 UTC on 15210 and 1100 to 1200 UTC on 15195 kilohertz. Just some of the transmissions there for Radio Free Asia. If you want to send them reception report, you can find the information on the web at rfa.org and then uh, click on contact us. So now let's go to Henry Umarai in the Philippines with his DX report for this month. Hello everyone, to the dear shortwave listeners, wherever you are, welcome to the August 14th edition of the Philippine DX. This is report number 185. I'm Henry Umada in Bacolod City, Occidental Central Philippines. Glad to be back and thank you for listening. I would like to thank our DXR friends for sending the reception report. Mr. Richard Lemke in Alberta, Canada. Mr. Koschantin. Provotorov in Ukraine, and Mr. Jan Zachary Alvarez in Cavite here in the Philippines. To all of you, thank you very much. Reception logs for July 2022, July 2, RTMY, Limbang FM on 1165 in Malayalam, from Kajang at 1050 SIO 444. July 3, NHK World Radio Japan on 15280 in Japanese, from Ibaragi Kogayamata at 0920 SIO 444. July 9, Radio Taiwan International on 12065 in Hakka from Pauchong. 
At 10.50 SIO 4, 4 for July 9, Voice of Korea on 9.650 in Japanese from Kujang at 0.855 SIO 333 July 16, FEBC Ratio on 12.095 in Lu from Bukawi, Bulacan at 10.54 SIO 333 July 16, Radio Free Asia on 9.580 in Korean from Pauchong at 11.40 SIO 444. July 16, Voice of America on 11.965 in English from Tinang at 12.18, SIO 5.45. July 16, KNLS Alaska on 11.875 in Chinese from Angkor Point at 0.909, SIO 444. July 24, Hope Radio on 9.965 in English from Palamidorn at 0.823, SIO 4. For, for July 24, Radio Taiwan International on 11.745 in Japanese. From Pauchong at 0825, SIO 433. July 30, KTWR Guam Transworld Radio on 11.965 in Japanese. Primariso at 1010, SIO 444. July 30, Adventist World Radio on 17.540 in Tagalog, Pramagat Guam. At then 45, SIO 545. And July 31, Rich Bian, Australia on 9580 in Korean. From Kununura at 0932, SIO 433. Send us your comments, suggestions, reception log, and informations to philippinesdx at gmail.com. That's P-I-L-I-P-I-N-S-D-X for philippinesdx at gmail.com. This has been Henry Umaday for Wavescan. In Bacolod City, Negros Occidental Central, Philippines, saying mabuhay at maraming salamat po. Thank you, Henry. I have a reception report I want to mention here from Andreas Mücklich in Berlin, Germany. He says, yesterday I heard the program Wavescan from Adventist World Radio on medium wave, 1323 kilohertz via IRRS Nexus IBA in Italy. The signal was good and it was not difficult to follow the program. He heard Wavescan at 2030 UTC on 1323 kHz via Italy. IRRS, Italian Radio Relay Service, with the SINPO 35333, using a Texan PL660 receiver with a loop antenna. Yeah, just a reminder, you can hear Wavescan on medium wave, 1323 kHz, 2030 UTC from Italy. And you heard that on July 24th. And we conclude Wavescan this week with the music from AIR Krishan. Thanks for listening to Wavescan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, we return to the radio scene in Bulgaria and our Bangladesh DX report. Several QSL cards are available for Wavescan. Send your AWR and KSDA reports for the program to the AWR address in Bangkok and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy, or to the AWR relay stations that carry Wavescan. 
Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air. Here in the program, they will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSL cards is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok 10110, Thailand. Again, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok 10110, Thailand. The email address for other correspondence to WaveScan, not reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida, USA. Till next week, good listening, everyone. Mm-hmm.